Today on Movie Wallows, we talk about Bones and All, Tar, and The Fablemans. For Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And ESD as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If, the, if you love the movies, this show is for you. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Hello. Hello. Can I, can I whine about something? You go ahead and whine. Do you need away. cheese this with the wine? <laughs> so, Hollywood always seems to be making these movies, which supposedly they f- they knew about it they knew what the name of the movie was and then they kind of changed their mind let me give you an example there is a movie that we we have been invited for next week to go see a screening for and the original name of the movie the, the way the movie was uh you know made it was called the hero dies no it's it's called spoiler alert the hero dies okay and then somebody in marketing, after the movie was made, realized, oh, no, 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 we can't have a movie which says the hero dies. So what do they do? They just call the movie Spoiler Alert, which makes no sense. Why would you have a movie called Spoiler Alert? If you remember, a few years ago, there was a movie which came out called Blockers. Do yes. you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. had Leslie Mann yeah, 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 and John Yeah, with the young Cena girls, yeah. And the yeah. young girls. The original name of the movie was Cock Blockers. Right, they made it called cock blockers, and then they got cold feet saying, "Oh, we can't have a movie which has the word cock in it." So now, then it was just called blockers, and blockers makes no sense. Yeah. So I wish they would stop doing it. Just, just, <laughs> you know, if you're gonna if if you're gonna call your movie, you know, spoiler alert, the hero dies. Just stick with it. Just calling it spoiler alert makes no sense. Why would I go watch a movie called Spoiler Alert? Okay. In, in Sorry, fa- it no. just makes me angry. Okay. In, in fairness, <laughs> yes. spoiler alert, the hero dies makes very little more sense. It does. It, no, it makes <laughs> sense to me. Like, you know, it's like... I haven't it's, seen it's, the preview, so... It's funny. I yeah, mean, you did. You saw, you saw the advert last night, the trailer. Oh, I paid no attention yeah, to it. that's fine. Okay. <laughs> but it was shown. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I got that off my chest. Good. <laughs> I'm very happy. That was quite a rant, Yesdi. Yeah, straight into complaints on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> If, I'm if not thankful for the way Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of gets gets cold feet at the last minute. But anyway, what is movie Wallers for if not catharsis? Correct. Yes, but if ever there was a movie title which was true to form, it is Bones and All. What a great segue! Yes, Yasti. So proud of myself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not going to do a Netflix pick this week because we have three movies. Three movies to talk about. So uh, it is that that. It is the season, so to speak, of um, heavy movie um, releases and workloads, and we're going to try and keep up with them. So, yes, let's get into Bones and All. Uh, This is the latest from director Luca Guadagnino. I probably butchered that name, but he was um, celebrated very much a couple of years ago with the release of the movie Call Me By Your Name, which... um, did very well at the Academy Awards. I don't remember if it picked up Best Movie that year, um, but it was definitely... Um, I think a, he won a, Best Screenplay. Yeah, I know he got... A, I feel like he got an Oscar for something for that, which... And it was a movie that I think unanimously... Uh, I think they the picked up some Spirit Awards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I know it was very celebrated. 
so he's back with uh, the movie Bones and All um, again with Timothy Chalamet as the as at the helm. Uh, also stars Taylor Russell, Michael Stolberg, Andre Holland, Chloe Zavigny, David Gordon Green, and I'll be brief in my review here of the the background, which is um, Bones and All is a story of first love between Marin, a young woman learning how to survive on the margins of society, and Lee, an intense and disenfranchised drifter, a liberating road odyssey of two young people coming into their own, searching for identity and chasing beauty in a perilous world that cannot abide who they are. So, I did not get to see this screener. Oh! Rashmi and Yazdi, I yes. think the you two were not of you there. did. Correct. Oh. So, Joe was in the throes of COVID. I was, oh. indeed. So, okay. tell me what I missed. Yes, do you want to go first? Sure. So, look, I'm a through-and-through Luca Guadagnino fan. Uh, he kind of burst onto the scene for me, at least long before Call Me By Your Name. He made a movie called I Am Love, which has Tilda Swinton in it. And, God, if I can recommend people watch a movie right now, it would be I Am Love. It's on Netflix. It's In the Italian language, with Tilda Swinton speaking perfect Italian. And not only that, Tilda Swinton in that, not that this is about that movie, but Tilda Swinton in that plays a, a Russian immigrant who's living in Italy. So she speaks Italian with a Russian accent. Go figure. And she's, a you know, she's, what, a Scottish? Irish? What is yeah, she? Scottish, she's I think. Scottish. Anyway, I Am Love is visually one of the best films I've seen in my life. And we've seen a lot of visually amazing movies. He subsequently made Call Me By Your Name, which put him on the map. It put Timothy Chalamet on the map. Um, and he then made a movie called A Bigger Splash, which, again, I'm begging people to go watch it. It's got... Tilda Swinton, Ray Fiennes, um, Dakota Johnson, and uh, Math- Matthias Schoenert. Beautiful movie, so sexy, so full of Italian wonderfulness. Um, then he made Suspiria, the horror movie. He made the remake, and that this is his latest movie, um, Bones and All. I'm just going to come out and say it because I think the, your one-line uh, review, one-line summary of it did not say it. This movie is a romantic comedy about, not a, sorry, it's a romantic movie about cannibals, okay? So it's about two people who eat other people and they are alone and adrift and they eventually fall in love with each other. Oh my God. Oh my God, yeah. indeed. It because says there's, nothing about that on the well, Rotten Tomatoes page. Well, it's inferred, yeah. It's inferred. I did not care for this movie. I, it was... It was a bridge too far for me to cross. It's so visually unappetizing, to say the least. Conceptually, if I separate myself from what I saw visually from to what the movie's about, I get it. I completely get it, and I get it why it's a work of genius. But it was so unpleasant an experience for me, I could not get past, past what it is. I, again, I understand what the movie's about, but this is not the best Guadagnino for me. So I too love uh, the love movie that Yazdi mentioned, and I too love Call Me By Your Name. Yes. Um, and uh, I thought the the horror one that he did previously, Suspiria, Suspiria was remake. interesting yeah. um, and visually yes. stimulating. So this is kind of all of that in a bag. It's all those concepts. And I really enjoyed it because... You enjoyed it? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like the gory bits. But once I got past that, I actually 
felt that this is really at its core. It is truly like a coming of age love story. And Yassi, I didn't consider them cannibals. I thought this was a modern day take on a vampire because it's about they don't enjoy eating it. Yeah. They, they have to eat correct. it. Correct. And, not, and no. that whole thing of heightened smell and um, being able to sniff others out and ha- knowing what's going to happen, it felt like a more adult version of kind of Twilight to <laughs> me in some ways. Um, and I think it's got some really good twists and turns. But I really connected with those two characters. You did. Most people yeah, do. Yeah, I know. Most people say they haven't got chemistry <clears throat> bah humbug I think they have I think yeah. it's it's just about two people who are different to everyone else trying to survive in the world which is really difficult for them to survive in so how is do you is it post apocalyptic or anything like no, that? no 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 no. it's set in the it's 80s set in the 80s it's family set in the 80s oh my it's god it's not cheesy 80s but it's not it's not cheesy but it's very realistic 80s it's not like you know, pop colored 80s at all. It's no, like no, it's the very back, like back alleys and back towns. It's most of the movies are road trip. Yeah. So it's like going through the little, small, unforgotten towns of, you know, little town USA. I kind of wrote here, it's really quite something. It's really quite an interesting, brave movie. And it's really unexpected. And it's not necessarily the horror that we think it's going to be, but it's a thriller. But more than anything, it's about trying to survive with something that is such a huge burden. And and what if you find someone else that's living with that same burden? Aren't you connected to them? And if you meet other people like that, shouldn't you be connected to them? And how you just survive this huge burden? I mean, it's it's incredible. It's not complex in dialogue. It's not it's yeah. not heavy-handed. It's like an unraveling. It's like a slow burn. I, yeah, I can talk about this for yeah, a long I time. Yeah, really, I mean, I think I really liked it for that. I didn't like the gory bits. And the gory bits, it's the best flesh eating I've ever seen <laughs> no, on there's screen. There's no such thing. No, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's really realistic. So my point is, if you think that it all happens behind the shadows, it doesn't. It's there for you to see. I See, this is what I get conceptually. Every vampire movie, every movie about Dracula which has been made, it's not really about people who drink blood. It's about anybody who is the other, right? It's about somebody who has to do something. You know, it could be being gay. It could be being black. It could be about somebody who the world doesn't accept. And, you know, all of the vampire movies are an allegory for this otherness, like where you have to do things in the shadows. You have to do things in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. You literally cannot show yourself during the day because the world hates you. You will burn down under the threat of the hatred of the world. Literally, that's that's what every vampire movie is. And I think, so this is based on a novel. So Guadagnino did not imagine this. This is based on somebody else's imagination. But it takes this otherness to the other to the absolute extreme. What could be more other than somebody who has to be, who has to eat other humans? They don't have a choice. So, they, it's, so to be very clear, they, are, they don't relish the experience. It's a burden they carry, right? This need to eat flesh is something that they, they are saddled with. So I understand at that level it's saying, what do you do with people who are at the... What could be a bigger burden than the need to eat somebody else, right? Uh, and exactly like you said, 
how terrifying it would be if you were that person, right? At that, how much, there's nobody else in the world It's like, like me you. driving past the McDonald's and refusing a Big Mac. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, I feel the urge and so, I have to fight that urge. So metaphorically, yeah. I, I, I get it. Right. Like I get, I get yeah. the like desire. Right. And you can go without months without eating one, but at some point, <laughs> yeah, you it's going to call you back. And so how beautiful then that yes. if you were to then find somebody else in the entire world yeah. who was like you. And so conceptually it works beautifully. And by the way, the movie has an amazing beginning. Nobody's going to watch this movie with a yawn, okay? You're going to watch this... Wide-eyed. Wide-eyed. And it's got an amazing ending, okay? It's got the most heartbreaking, brutal, whatever ending, which you'll be thinking about for a long time. But it just, I mean, it it just, it, the watching it lit, I wish it was more fantastic. I wish it was more like the Twilight or whatever. Oh, really? Well, because it, it was too real for me. Oh, right? I loved it, Yazdi. it's so grimy. It's, it's nasty. Dirty. It's, it's dirty. It's nasty. Like, yeah. he, he finds the dirtiest places to film. Because, because if you are the lowest of the lowest bottom feeder in humanity yeah, yeah if you're the bottom you feeder yeah you're going to eat someone yeah you're not, not going to sit on your kitchen table right. with a knife and fork so that's one thing I think <laughs> the other you're really intrigued now aren't you well the, 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 the two of you are having such a visceral response to this movie I had a very visceral response it's really making me laugh I kept I kept I didn't know if you noticed but, but they gave us popcorn I so know, they gave us free so popcorn <laughs> which is very kind of them like oh, we wait, get in we, we get in we need to explain that this was a oh, this was a press screening, screening, press screening, and ordinarily in press screenings we don't get anything normally. We just get to sit. But we got a coupon for free popcorn and, and a free a drink, drink. Yeah. and it's a long movie. So I thought well, that's really nice, but it was quite <laughs> difficult to eat your popcorn. I love the opening scene in the movie is so good. It's so good. I mean, in the first ten minutes you find out what it's about, but it's so good. But I. And then the other thing which I didn't care for is there are a few, so the whole point of the movie is it's about this group of people who find each other, who are, you know, they're doing these horrible things and they find each other. And, you know, Michael Stuhlbarg, who plays, who played Timothy Chalamet's father in Call Me By Your Name, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is here as one of those. Uh, Unforgivably, Mark Rylance is here. It's great, but they are playing, they are playing such stylized versions of themselves. They're almost like like Mark Rylance is tipping over into parody. He was so over. He was this old Southern kind of person who wears a bow tie and has a has a plait, has a plait, has a braid, and he carries. Okay, I, I won't go into spoiler territory, but. It, it was a lot. It was a lot <laughs> for me to, it's, to look, take it. I, I think, so clearly what you can hear from both of us is that visually it's very, very stimulating, good or bad. It yeah. certainly gets, like, riles up a reaction in you. But I think as far as the story goes, it totally worked for me. Mm -hmm. And I think as far as a kind of a concept, it, it was like an alternative vampire movie without the glitz and glamour of what you normally see as vampires. Vampires are generally, like, you know, they're regenerating, they're very glamorous, they live forever there's no connotation here that they live forever but it has it's like a, an imagining of a, what, what a realistic vampire might be like yeah it's yeah. very good I mean I have to say I, I love this movie and I can't stop thinking about it I, I want to block my mind because it 
Again, I, I get it, I get it, I get it, but it was so unpleasant an experience for and me. I it's not for me, but I, for, for those who can get past that, it's quite something, I yeah. agree. Yeah. And I like how emaciated yeah. both those characters are, the, the leads. So um, if you, yeah, if you take away all the glamour from a vampire movie, like strip every last bit yeah. of glamour, this is what you would get. Yeah, they look horrible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because that's how you would imagine they are, right? They're, right. If you're a they're bottom dirty, feeder, if you have to eat flesh... Also, I should say that exceptional casting, um, uh, the lead, the female lead, I mean, she, it, the, she's on, she's pretty much in every scene of the movie. Yeah, she carries the movie, I think. She was in the movie Waves from a couple of years ago. Do you remember? Uh, you, Joe didn't say you and I saw you and that I saw one. It, which yeah, I she absolutely loved. She was great. And I, she, I mean, it's set in the 80s. It's set into gr in grungy, dirty 80s. And the camera is in her face all the time. It's not a flattering look for her at all, but she carries that whole movie. You kind of believe her. I, if, if you can empathize even for 5% with somebody who has to do what they have to do, it's all because of her. She's just amazing. She's uh, really the heart of the movie. She's the heart of the movie. And then there is, you know, the movie kind of, not that we need to talk about this for six hours, but there, the movie kind of gets <laughs> into all these moral twists, which I didn't really buy. Like... Like the Mark Rylance character says he never kills anyone before he eats them. But what he does is, you know, he, he, he crashes into some old lady's house and she's fallen and she's dying and she needs help. And he's like, I'm not going to help her. I'm going to wait till she dies. You'll kill that woman. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, he's saying I didn't physically kill her, but he, somebody is in distress and they need help and you're waiting for them to die. You kill them. So it plays all these kind of interesting moral quandaries where he's like, I've never killed anybody I've eaten. But yeah, you did. <laughs> so well, he's also a crazy old man. He's though, a I think, completely crazy. I think old they're man. also showing that he's a crazy old man, though. Yes, correct. And he is in the last act. He's he's again quite something. Like like yeah, I don't want to give anything yeah. away. But yeah, yeah. Well, so score this, yes. So I'm I. I don't know why anybody would make a movie like this, but I fully understand what the movie is trying to say. I just want Guadagnino to come back and do like a beautiful, sexy movie like 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 I Am Love or A Bigger Splash. This one is just too gritty and dirty and bloody and full of flesh and ugh, it's not for me. Uh, six out of ten. But, but I understand why conceptually it's an eight out of ten. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. I think this is this is Luca Guadagnino telling us I can do anything. Look, Ma, sure. no hands. Sure. He's absolutely writing his ticket to being one of the best directors i think sure um, it's, it's a very time. brave film it's very, very, brave. very brave i'm really happy films like this are being made um yeah. i think chalamet and um taylor are excellent um really good movie i'll, I'll watch this again with you i know we have the yeah, screen no, at home I, and do we, do i would we? happily watch this one again i'm absolutely <laughs> intrigued and to give credit where it's due i think we we kind of take Timothy Chalamet for granted a little bit because he, you know, he doesn't seem very versatile. Um, but when the role is right, he just nails it. I mean, he's very believable here, even though we know Chalamet now, you know, from so many films. Uh, he kind of plays this, it's even, it's, it's like a vibe. He plays like this roguish, down on his luck street wanderer who she kind of gets you know she kind of tentatively kind of builds a relationship with and this kind of stuff you would be laughing your face off if if, a, if you didn't have a good enough actor here and yeah i mean it, the very fact that 
somebody financed this and made this and it's in the theater is you know an act of wonderment for sure it's very and the title is very good the title is very apt the title is very apt crunch crunch uh-huh. exactly and that there, there's so michael strubach says at one point that the best way is you eat a person up bones and all that's that's where the title comes from so it's very good andre holland is here he plays her her dad heartbreaking really good very good yeah, yeah. watch at your own peril but it's quite something yeah i would absolutely yeah recommend this one for all horror lovers as a start yeah yeah all right let's move along movie number two is tar so who's telling us about tar so i can introduce tar so uh todd field was an actor for a long time in hollywood he wasn't doing very well he was in a few movies uh he was in um I think he was in the original Top Gun or he was in a movie with uh, Tom Cruise a long time ago. And then he decided to try his hand at writing and directing. And uh, he started off as uh, the director of the movie, if you remember, uh, uh, In the Bedroom, uh, which had... Um, do you remember that? It got... No, uh, what's her name? Uh, Melissa... Sissy Spacek was in it. Marissa Tomei was in it. Um and that movie got him a lot and a lot of fanfare. That movie was, you know, nominated. And then he went on to do the movie Little Children with Kate Winslet. Amazing movie. And then his latest movie is the film called Tar. This is the first time that uh, Todd Field um, has written a movie specifically for a character. And he's gone on record to say that it was written for Kate Blanchett. And if Blanchett would have refused it, that he wouldn't have made the movie. So um, this movie, he hasn't made a movie in like, I don't know, eight or nine years. This is his movie. And it's set in the international world of Western classical music. And the film centers on Lydia Tarr, played by Kate Blanchett, Kate Blanchett, who um, in the movie is widely considered one of the greatest living composer conductors and first ever female music director of a major German orchestra. And the movie, more than anything else, is a character study of this particular person as it and while doing so, it comments on many, many, many topics uh, about how we live right now. So what do you guys think of Tar? So, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting to do a biopic about a fictional character because this movie very, very much played out like a, a biopic. Um, and so it, it, it has a very real feel and, and, and sense of place within the world. And I'll, I'll admit... The most compelling reason for me to recommend this movie to anyone is just to see an actor um, give a mind-blowingly, just a spectacle of a performance here. This character is so real, so believable, so deep, complex. Kate Blanchett is just marvelous to watch here. But honestly, I found the movie... um, uh, it's very long, mm-hmm. and I find the first third of the movie almost insufferably intellectual, um, which you know drew me drew, would have drawn me out of its world. Other than um, Blanchett is just so mesmerizing uh, to to watch her act, to see her do her thing, her craft. So you know, I, I have to admit, I, I struggled. For the first half of the movie and then when it kind of got into the meat of of what i think it was trying to do which was you know an exploration of um 
I don't think this is too spoilery, but an exploration of, you know, um, power dynamics and sexual misconduct. Um, it did that really well, and it held me off at enough of a distance to kind of allow me to form, you know, my own um, view and opinions around how it all worked together. So um, it's an intriguing movie. It's very hard to recommend because of its length. It's not, it's not entirely entertaining, but if you have the patience, this is quite something. Write that nomination for Miss Blanchett already. Uh, best leading actress. I mean, she's written her a nomination as far as I'm concerned. What a magnificent movie. It's, um, it's long takes. The use of how embodied she is in this character. Um, it will certainly improve your vocabulary. We had to look up several words and fortunately we were watching it in the, the comfort of our own home so we could um, we could do that. Um, this is a really, really, really good movie. I really enjoyed this. Length aside, um, I was swept up into this world and it's a very... It's a very global movie. I don't know how to describe it. It's not American in it. It feels very European. Yeah, yes. it's, in its sensibility, it feels very, very global and and worldly. And I feel like you will be enriched just from having watched it. Fantastic. Great performances from everyone. Just note perfect. I'm just going to come out and say it. I doubt I'll see a better film this year. I just love this one so much. And I, 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 I mean, I like the fact, like, what you said. I like the fact that somebody's making a movie so unapologetically cerebral, so intellectual. But even setting that aside, I like that it's so masterful, the movie is, in terms of how it's all put together, the music, how it never, through its long running time, ever tells you how you should be feeling. It's just presenting the facts. Um, and it's leaving out as much as it's telling you, because it would be easy for it to give you all the facts and say, okay, this person is a bad person, this person is a good person. But I love the fact that while I was watching the movie, at every given minute, I was playing this game of, is this a bad person? You know, I'm constantly playing this game of, you know, is, is what she did. So there's no fact, there's no, there's no doubt. She's a very arrogant person. She doesn't suffer fools. She very clearly uses her power and privilege to get what she wants done. And so that's where it gets into this whole sexual abuse and power dynamics and all of that. But it doesn't give you all the facts and it lets you kind of decide for yourself. A good portion of the movie just watches her in free fall, and it almost watches it with glee. There is a cruelty, there's a coldness with which it's saying, this is how things are playing out for her. Do you think she deserves it? Do you think she had it coming? Or do you think that this is unfair? And so in a way, it becomes very much about how we are living right now and about cancel culture and about you know, how people abuse their power. And it has so much to say, and it's so sophisticated. I, yeah, like you, I think it's it's just brilliant. It's so masterfully put together. And the acting is just phenomenal. And it's saying something. We know how towering Kate Blanchett's achievements have been to date. And to say that this might be one of her better ones, if not the best ones, is something else. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. such an accomplished actor. Um, you know, every role. I don't think I've ever watched a bad camp Kate Blanchett performance. But here, there's something 
And it's the way the character's written. It's the fact that this is such a dialogue-dense movie. And the only thing I can say is, if you have the, the pleasure of watching this at home, watch it with the subtitles. Because there's so much technical speak about music mm-hmm. um, that it's hard to know what's dialogue and what's technical. It, it doesn't make any allowances for the fact that this is... Um, being watched in a cinema i think and i can imagine that and and, and yes i know you got to do the sc- you did the screening of this one mm-hmm. so um how did that bode for you because we were just very happy that we could watch it with with subtitles and and often the the, the talking the dialogue is low in volume and the music is so loud yeah i think like you said, the movie has a very particular vibe. There is a sterileness, there's a coldness to it. And it was very immersive for me when I watched it in the theater because the sound was so, you know, it's about a famous composer and the sound kind of swells and it drops. So it was very immersive for me. And I didn't have the advantage like you of stopping and kind of checking up on what they're talking about. I was just amazed by how the craft of it, right? Like you mentioned yeah. the long takes. There is one... I could be wrong. There is one take which happens at Juilliard School while she's yes. teaching a class. Yes. It's it seems one take. like a single 20 minute take of her teaching a class. Correct. Where depend it's such that that scene alone I think is worth worth the, the price of the ticket because at the end of that scene you either come away it's a litmus test for how you feel about the world because you either come away thinking that she's nasty and she's cut down one of her students at the knees and she is a terrible person for doing that or you come away thinking that you know people have no right to um to say i won't watch this movie because it was made by woody allen or i won't buy a tesla because you know elon musk is a crazy person or you know i'm no longer going to listen to music of well you know so it gets into this whole thing of separating the art from the artist so the argument at the center is the student says i'm not going to listen to brahm because brahm was this patriarchal white male who did horrible things to women during his lifetime so i have no interest in him and she's arguing with him saying if you started doing that then you would have very few artists to left with. So it's such a fascinating discussion. And the fact that they did it all in 20 minutes in a single take is just mind-blowing. Yeah, that was a section in the, in the movie where I thought, wow, this, this has to be real, right? I didn't know anything about Tar going into the movie. And I thought, well, is this a real person or is it a fictional <laughs> character? Um, and that, that section felt so entirely organic and <laughs> Blanchett... Blanchett does something that an actor um, often fails to do, but shows you why why, why she's just so masterful because you can see the cognitive process at Mm -hmm. play, right? She's thinking about her responses. She's thinking about how to make her argument. And instead of seeing an actor recite lines, you can see her constructing this mental... Mm -hmm. Uh, um, like and a very intellectual yeah. argument and it's because it's done it all in one take it stops feeling like a performance it 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 you you you, you immediately believe that you're in the presence of Lydia Tarr mm-hmm. not an actor playing this character and yeah that that was kind of a it's almost like a mic drop moment for mm-hmm. a, for a performer because it's like okay i i mean what what more is there to acting than what I've just seen? Like that's just simply 
there's 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 not a there's like you said earlier, and there's there's not a better performance that I can can even reference in my brain when I when I see something like that. I mean, everything else feels either forced or overplayed, or you know, she just she's just masterful. Yeah, and then we haven't. I mean, we I, I literally can talk about this for hours, but there there is this whole other subplot in the movie about. You know she's she has a lot of power, right? She's she's the lead leader and this very world famous conductor. So she gets to pick what pieces of music get played in their next program, and she picks this this girl out of nowhere, this Russian girl, to kind of um, to kind of uh, play the next piece. And it was fascinating to me. Like if you are a CEO of a company, I think it's impossible for you to to ever be unbiased how can you be unbiased because you are you are privy to what you know and you cannot help but like who you do I, i'm not defending i'm not defending what she does and that's for every person to watch the movie and find out if they agree with tar or not and they think she's a horrible human being but she uses her privilege and some people think that she because she has you know, she has a sexual interest in that girl, which probably she does. I, I wasn't sure whether it was sexual or if it was more a maternal one, but whatever it was, she is giving this person a total jump up, you know? So it again, it's so fascinating to me to watch how people do that. And you hear all the time about people falling for their secretaries or falling for whatever. And, and this is the first movie which made me realize that, you know, this maybe it's foolish of us and too idealistic of us to expect that a person who is the president of a country, for example, will be completely objective. You cannot be. You will be biased in everything you do. So, Well, anyway. it's, it's like choosing furniture, right? You, you know, you, right. you pick things, that, uh, to, you surround yourself with things that you like. And so if you're in a situation where you're picking people, why wouldn't you surround yourselves with people that you think you will like? Right. And you know there's an impropriety argument made here but there, there, there was certainly no lack of talent of, of the of the person who was selected and they didn't explore whether or not she was the most talented of the picks they just said that the bias was implemented because of a um a, we'll call it a visual preference um or perceived by us as a visual. So, you know, again, it, it, it makes all of those kind of arguments, you know, which are immediately turned upon their head when, you know, you see a movie like the one Rashmi I saw yesterday, which is she, she, she Said, the Harvey Weinstein mm. movie, because you then kind of realize how that, that kind of power could be subverted. And, and again, this movie goes down that road, but again keeps us at enough distance so that we don't know the full um happenings in much in a way the the real world happens right we never actually know what happened behind closed doors we hear accounts we hear um you know rumors and hearsay but we never actually get to see what happens behind closed doors yeah because we you know a lot of people are frustrated so uh Richard Brody is a film critic for The New Yorker, and uh-huh. he's famously a contrarian. He will love movies that everybody hates. He hates movies that everybody loves. He has a withering review of Tar, which you should read, in which he says essentially that what the director is doing is that he's providing intellectual shelter for abusers. Those are his exact words. So he's saying this movie is just like waving at hands and saying some people can abuse and it's okay if they're talented. 
I don't think that's what the movie's doing at all. I don't think all. that's what the movie's doing think, at all. I think the movie's saying what you said, Joe, which is that you will never know somebody fully. You will never know the full facts. We are all always dealing with half-truths. And the movie kind of gets into this whole thing about Me Too where somebody take, somebody filmed this class, right? Somebody filmed the class where she, where she was teaching this and they edited it to make it seem like there was some sexual impropriety when we know we watched it in real time and that was not the case so she i mean they're saying everybody's complicit in this you know people say oh this is cancel culture this person look at what they did in the class but we don't know the full truth and we are all being manipulated so it's a really very i think yeah. refined sophisticated way of looking at things so yeah, yeah no i mean you know this is a topic i would talk about all day because i think right. you know rashmi and i always have get into these debates about um you know what what is what is happening in the world right now the impact of social media how um outrage um the outrage mob seems to be controlling everything um and you know let's face it when um attention is the 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 social currency of a lot of these platforms outrage is the one that keeps you engaged so we're mm -hmm. going more and more towards that kind of thing and uh you know this movie touches upon that i mean i don't think it's a full-on exploration of that mm -hmm. but it, it makes a, a very compelling um statement about if you had only seen this TikTok video, whatever it was that right. was, was seen, what your impression of this character was in the world is. Nonetheless, I, I mean, I think the movie was actually heading in that direction. I think the movie was very cleverly constructed to um, kind of say, it's it's not necessarily just gender, it's about power, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the these, um, these situations that arise when you have imbalances in power you know maybe i'm a little polluted by the harvey weinstein movie watch but but these situations arise that when you have imbalances of power um you know could be complex and again it deftly dances around it by not necessarily allowing us to see um right we, we we see the abuse of the power that could lead to an opportunity that never actually does you know so right. you, you know there's just so much to kind of tease apart well i think i think Ultimately, whatever you believe as the audience, you see the outcome, whether you think she got punished or not by the end. So I think it, it, it makes its case very, very well. Yeah. All right. Really good movie. I mean, I can sum this one up. This is, this is a nine out of 10. Almost, you know, I want to give it a 10. This is a nine out of 10 for me. Nine out of 10. I, I was trying to gently prod you guys along to watch this movie because I'm scared if I beat at the drums too much then, yeah. you know you would have very high expectations I just love this movie for me it's a flat out 9 out of 10 yeah. I, again I doubt I'll see a better movie I can't think of another movie I've seen this this year which is so thoughtful about so many things and it's so contemporary and it's so masterful and it's so brilliantly acted just the home where they live yeah where she lives with yeah, her wife it's beautiful oh my god and and there's a whole other thing about the ending which i don't want to talk about we can talk after we're done with the podcast where um i i saw it a particular way and then i spoke with someone else someone else and they said something different but it's just so rich and it's so chewy and it's so juicy and i love to watch a movie where you can talk about it for hours afterwards yeah. and i love that the movie never shows its hand it's just saying 
look at what's happening to this person and you can form your own judgment and so overall i just am just bowled over i, I honestly can talk about another couple hours about yeah. this movie well, scene, we'll have to do scene a for scene post, yeah yeah, yeah. school yeah. nine out of ten easy wow yeah joe i came in this into this review with a seven because um honestly i think it's um I really struggled for the first third to half of the movie. Um, and I know that that was necessary, but it, it, it was just, it was just so overly intellectual that I didn't find myself understanding or appreciating any of the things that I talked about that, that I, that they were talking about simply because it requires, I, I, I won't say I know a lot about classical music, but I, you know, I know the hits, you know, so to speak. And, and this is, kind of a next level discussion of a topic where I think even if I had a degree in music, I would have had a hard time keeping pace with a lot of what was said here. So it just came across as overly intellectual and, and that was kind of frustrating to me. So, but now that we've talked about it and especially as I focus more on the second half of the movie where it explores a lot of these uh, themes that we've been talking about, I'm going to bump that up to an eight. Uh, and that was a long way of giving the score. But I think this is a difficult movie. It requires some patience. I think if you're going to sit down, um, you know, I said to Rashmi, I'm really glad that we didn't switch this on at nine yes. o'clock on a Friday night yes. yeah. uh, when we had had dinner and was like, let's pick a yes. movie. Agreed. Because this movie wouldn't, I would not have made it. I would, I, I needed to have, I, I needed to watch this movie at 9 a.m. in the morning you, after my second coffee in order to hope to keep up with it. So. Yeah, but I think, isn't that what cinema should be? It should challenge you, it should oh, provoke you. And yeah, I think yeah. this movie reminded me that we've kind of lost our way a little bit. You know, I love that this movie exists. I don't want to, I don't want to watch some stupid, you know, <laughs> Spirited away. Spirit, that was yeah. a spirit, the spirit. Spirited or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean though. Yeah. 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 Uh, your score? Oh. Uh, uh, I've, I bumped my seven to an eight okay. and again just be warned it's very intellectual uh, so you know bring your A game right don't don't sit down and relax to this this is an active movie it requires active watching okay moving on then final movie of the week to talk about is The Fablemans and Rashmi, I yep. think you're going to give us a background I on am. That. So young Sammy Fableman falls in love with movies after his parents take him to see The Greatest Show on Earth. Armed with a camera, Sammy starts to make his own films at home, much to, de to the delight of his supportive mother. So this is, um, much has been said about this movie, The Fablemans, as almost um, autobiographical from Steven Spielberg, who has written and directed this. And he's written this along with Tony Kushner. And this has a very um, handsome uh, cast, which is led by Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Gabriel LaBelle plays Sammy Fableman, Jeannie Berlin and Julia Butters amongst a whole host of others. And Joe and I haven't seen this one yet, Yazdi. We missed the uh, screening due to illness, but um, tell us all about it. Should we rush out and see this one? Um, yes. I. <laughs> a lot of people think that <coughs> Spielberg's best work was his early work, you know, when he did Jaws and E.T. and, you know, so many of those movies, Jurassic Park, the ones which we consider classics. I actually think, you know, that quietly, maybe because we kind of, you know, take him for granted, Spielberg's been doing incredible work in his late career. I mean, I love, you know, 
some of the more recent movies that he did. He West did, Side Story. He did West Side Story, which was so good. He did... Um, Ready Player One? Uh, <laughs> not, not that one, but... Um, Uh, he did Bridge of Spies, which was so sure. good. He did The Post. So he's been doing some really good movies of late, but because it's Spielberg, we're like, yeah, whatever, okay. Um, I think there is something in the air right now because so many um, quote-unquote celebrated filmmakers are making movies about their childhood, right? It started last year with uh, Belfast and um, with Kenneth Branagh making a movie. We talked about Armageddon Time, yeah. which was with uh, James Gray. Delightful movie. Uh, yes. And then we also, um, oh, we'll be, we'll be seeing the movie Empire of Light, which is Sam Mendes making it, you know, about when he was younger. And now here you have uh, Steven Spielberg making a movie uh, about his, his young childhood. I think this movie is very, very representative of... Spielberg, Spielberg as a filmmaker because I think Spielberg's greatest strength has always been the universality of the stories he tells, right? He, Spielberg seldom makes a movie which is just for, you know, 2% of the population. Um, I think this movie suffers from this constant struggle of making a movie which is particular and distinctive and unique and of his life mm. and at the same time trying to have it be very universal. So... It's it's a great story. I'm surprised how frank he is. Uh, you know, this is the 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 character in the movie is him. There is it starts with a little boy who is supposed to be him, and it become it ends with, you know, when Spielberg first started working at Universal Studios. There's no question, a hundred percent, that this is Spielberg's story. So there is already, you know, some degree of umbrage, I think, when you're saying, let mm. me make a story about myself, unequivocally, you know, there, it's not even mildly shielded. This is about me. And it talks about his mom and his dad and so forth. So it's very interesting to see. But I kind of came away wanting to be more devastated. And I came away wanting to be more moved. I, it's a beautiful but, but story. Sorry, it's is great. that because yes. you think he's had a devastating life, or like no, why? Because I it's think interesting he's, that you say devastated because it, it sounds like he's be, had a very good life. Well, bad things happened to him as a child. Sure. Okay, and he found out certain things about his family. It's a growing up experience. We all do, right? We learn about that our parents aren't perfect. Sure. But I think the problem with this movie that I see, and by the way, I'm far in the minority, the problem, because it's like, what, 90-some percent on Tomato Meter, and it's going to do gangbusters at the Oscars, it's too broad. He's praying this too, too broad because he wants this movie to be appreciated and admired by everybody. So he's kind of, I think, he's... he's you know, blunting off the sharp edges. So everything is a little bit cleaned and sanitized i wanted him to kind of get like you know he he faces a lot of anti-semitic stuff when he moves to california and it's it never goes anywhere you know it kind of just you know eventually he makes friends with that person and maybe that's the truth but i wanted him to kind of delve more into the pain of it uh, the first one third of the movie is great but um like i said my, I'm, and don't make i don't want to make it seem like i hate the movie at all <clears throat> i'm very appreciative Uh, amazing acting. Uh, Michelle Williams will probably get nominated. Uh, hmm. Best actress, she plays his mom. Paul Dano plays his dad. Um, 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's fascinating. It's it's good to see this is where he came from. But I wanted, I wanted a little bit more dirt. I wanted a little bit more. You want the unsanitized version. I want the unsanitized version. Like, like we learn how what got him interested. It's it's beautiful opening scene. What got him interested in movies as a child? When he, when his parents take him to watch his first movie, and then that initially terrifies him, and then kind of inspires him to start making movies. But we never learn how he learned to tell a good story, right? That's what Spielberg is. He, he has such a good pulse on effective, effortlessly telling a story. But what made him special, I, I don't learn that. It seems like he became a teenager and he just started making these little short films which were very good. So, I, you know, maybe I'm, too, maybe I'm too greedy and I want more. But mm. I would definitely recommend this to everyone. I don't see who, who would not enjoy it. Um, it ends really in a very unusual way, which I kind of appreciated. Um, there's something very, very well glossed about the whole movie. Mm. Definitely worth watching. Okay. Uh, 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 seven and a half out of ten. Which you will? Uh, which I will... I'll, I'll, Sounds like you're back down. Seven out of ten, yeah. Only because I expected so much more. Yeah, yeah. I, it sounds like... Spielberg making a movie about Spielberg would be the best Spielberg movie ever, right? right? And right. it sounds like you're a little disappointed. Now, you mentioned Armageddon Time. How does it compare to something like that, which is similarly autobiographical? Yeah, because that's a movie that really moved me and pulled no or, punches. Or Belfast. Yeah. Didn't I, move me, but... No, but, you didn't but like... See, what I liked about Armageddon Time is from the first frame, you see that this kid is so annoying. He's, he's just like a real difficult child right you yeah. get that sense so Armageddon Time has no problem getting deep and dirty and right. even you know how it plays out towards the end mm -hmm. he's not kind to himself in that he's movie. not kind to this one he's very kind to himself the whole time mm. like he is almost perfect and that's what maybe, maybe that's what it is is that you never find any flaws in the lead character and it's played by one actor when he's about I don't know 10 to 12 years old and then by older actor when he's in his teens but yeah you never there is nothing ostensibly he seems to have no faults um, it's it's a little too Disney-fied and I can understand again because if he made a movie which was more sharp-edged and more kind of revealing then maybe it wouldn't have the universality of it right people would be like this is very uncomfortable I don't want to watch it there are things like I'm not giving anything away, but there, there, you know, he makes a short film and then he sees what, when he's starting to edit that short film he's made, he starts seeing something. But in the movie, we see it like four times. It's like, okay, I, what he saw, which was hidden in that, when he's starting to piece it together, it's obvious the first time. I don't need to keep seeing it four times, but he doesn't trust his audience enough to kind of, he, he has to point it out, you know, with a finger. Mm -hmm. Look, this is what he found in, in the film. So... There's something, uh, there, there's a little talking down to the, the movie's doing oh, a little wow, talking yeah. down, I think, just a little, for me at least. But still, it's a good, it's a seven out of 10. We'll, it'll probably be nominated for best film, uh, best supporting actress, like I said, or maybe best actress for Michelle Williams. Um, the kids are very good. Um, yeah, it's got really good uh, production design because it starts in the late 70s and goes all the way to the early 90s. So, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So people go watch The Fablemans.
All right. Well, here endeth the podcast then. Um, thank you for listening. We always appreciate you uh, tuning into Movie Wallace, even when we get to, even as Rashmi sets off Siri. <laughs> Pay attention, Rashmi. It's the end of our podcast and you can't tune out yet. So uh, thank you for listening. We really appreciate I'm almost there with a new Movie Wallace theme tune. <gasps> I know, work in progress. So keep For the new year? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, there you go. I've, 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 I've landed on, I've landed on how I think it needs to sound. So it'll be a little bit of a change. But uh, thanks again for all your support. Twitter.com/slash/moviewallers, Facebook.com/slash/moviewallers, Instagram.com/slash/moviewallers, all of the slash moviewallers. Please listen, follow us, interact with us, give us an email from time to time if you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. Until our next podcast, it's too many movies, too little time. A goodbye from me. From me as well, and Sawyer the dog, who has been so cute down here, by the way. She's a great podcasting buddy. Yeah, she's like on her belly asking for tummy rubs. Oh, is that right? Yes. That's her natural state. (laughs) So. The official movie while I dog. Yes. All right. Goodbye from me. And me. And me as well. 